0: I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some, some teachings of Martin Luther King. And, and I had no intention of doing that, even though this is uh, tomorrow's his birthday and um, Monday is the, the national holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. I, I hadn't even thought of that except on Thursday I went to a Martin Luther King Jr. Um, interfaith breakfast that's been going on in LA for like 30 years. Um, I knew a couple of the speakers, so I wanted to go and hear them. And um, I am, it was an interfaith breakfast, so the speakers were um, Muslim, Jewish, Christian, no Buddhists, um, but that's fine. And I am continually impressed by so many of the similarities of the teachings. I am on the board of a um, a nonprofit that's an interfaith nonprofit. It's called Clergy and Laity United for Economic Justice, and there's there's all kinds of people of faith and lay people working together for economic justice. We work with labor unions and and. Um, uh, lots of lots of other nonprofits, and so I hear a lot of teachings from other faiths, and um, not the extreme teachings, but people getting really to the core of what some of these teachings are. And as I said, I'm really um, I'm impressed by the similarities. And on Thursday morning, especially, they were talking about. Um, stressing how each of these uh, faiths stress that we take care of each other that we take care of each other and buddhism is a lot like that too Um, if you think of the metta sutta um, that is uh, uh, this invitation to greet everyone with loving kindness and that's inside the eightfold path too the second factor of the eightfold path is this invitation A to ren- the wise intention is and which includes renunciation of things that cause suffering to ourselves and to others but to to greet the world with metta with, to greet the world with goodwill and with compassion so this is this is baked into our um our practice as well and um as I was listening to these folks on Thursday, it reminded me of the spiritual foundation of my own practice. It's... Um, I have found my ability to go into the world in a um, in a way that feels uh, stronger because of the foundations of these teachings, because I'm really... Um, uh, connected to what the Buddha talks about in the precepts, not causing harm, and and the Eightfold Path, which is a way of living in harmony with other beings. Um, sila, the second portion of the Eightfold Path, is ethical behavior. Right? Not killing, um, not not stealing, not lying. You know, um, but not just that. It's not just don't just kill, but Cultivate compassion, don't just lie, not lie, but be wise with your speech. Say what needs to be said. that That aspect of wise speech has been really powerful for me. Say what needs to be said. Not just be nice, which sometimes people who who practice um, with these teachings think, "Oh, I can't say anything that other people won't like. That's not what the teaching is at all. It's to say what needs to be said. Say it kindly. But say it. There's You can't end injustice. You can't end suffering by being a people pleaser. It doesn't work. And the teachings support that. So I have found my ability to do this work um, in this outside realm with this nonprofit and other activist organizations because of this spiritual foundation that I have. I feel really supported by my really firm belief in the... In the uh, rightness of these teachings and the importance of these teachings. And um Martin Luther King has a quote that says, The great problem facing modern man is that the means by which we live have outdistanced the spiritual ends for which we live. And so the spiritual ends I'm experiencing it taking as this kindness towards one another, this 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 generosity, this this compassion that is at the root of Buddhism. That is at the root of the Buddhist teachings. And so uh, he didn't say religious, he said spiritual. And um, I think that's really important. Um, you know, the metta, as I mentioned, the metta sutta, there's one line that says, let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. It means don't do stuff that you then have to go and, and fix. You know, try and take this wise action moving through the world. With gentleness, with kindness, with friendliness, with boundaries, with holding people accountable. I think that's incredibly important, but, but with, a, if, with a gentleness and an intention to be compassionate. Um, and Bhikkhu Bodhi, who is um, very much an activist, um, he says, One of the many nuances of the word dharma itself means justice in the sense of a belief that all people possess intrinsic value, that all are endowed with inherent dignity and therefore should be helped to realize this dignity. So that we're greeting everyone we meet with this inherent dignity. We live in a world of, of separation, of othering, of finding something about a person to make them not worthy, you see it. I don't have to. I don't have to delineate it. It's everywhere. It's this capitalist, patriarchal, homophobic, racist world that we live in. That's implicit in our in, in how we move through the world. So to have a a practice that says, wait, that's not okay. This othering, this I me, this you know, creating of an I and a you and a they and the them, it's not wise, it's not skillful because somebody somebody gets the stuff and somebody doesn't have the stuff. And if it's about um, understanding and believing in the inherent dignity of all and treating everyone with dignity and respect and not doing the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, we have to move through the world in this way. With this, with this invitation to um, ending injustice and being kind, you know, what keeps coming up for me as well is the, um, as I said, is the 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 similarities among the the different traditions, the the similarity around generosity, around kindness, and around non-harming. And I found a, a talk that Martin Luther King Jr. gave. Um, what did he call it he called it the three dimensions of a complete life Um, and he said uh, the three dimensions of a complete life are this length breadth and height and the um, the first one is the concern for our own welfare that causes the concern that causes us to push forward the breath of life is the concern for the welfare of others, and he and the third is the upward re- reach for. He calls God, but I would call con- transcendence or awakening or enlightenment. This so it's it's this three pronged approach, and and I see that in our practice too. This uh, um, inward concern is um, this practice of mindfulness. This practice of of wise view of seeing clearly of understanding the four noble truths of the cause of suffering is wanting things to be pleasant all the time wanting what we want when we want it i gave a talk on dukkha a couple of months ago i think it was now and it's this dissatisfaction with the way things are you know it's often just translated as suffering but just this this dissatisfaction with the way it is right now it's raining, Me, life sucks. It's not raining, Me, life sucks. Or whatever, just being unhappy with the way it is instead of resting with the moment and saying, you know what, this may be unpleasant, but right now it's like this. And so um, we have to understand the Four Noble Truths. We have to... Um, disentangle ourselves from this conditioning this deep conditioning the familial conditioning the societal conditioning all the stuff that we've been absorbing our entire lives that that maybe now for the first time we're starting to take a look at because it keeps keeps leading us into a brick wall and hitting a brick wall head on is not fun having those fist fights with reality is always a losing proposition so to to come back from that to come back from that and begin to say what is this moment what is true what is real and i love this um martin luther king said before you can love other selves adequately you've got to love your own self properly you know a lot of people don't love themselves and they go through life with deep and haunting emotional conflicts So the length of life means that you must love yourself. And what do we have in the suttas, in the metta-sutta, and the the later, um, in the Vasudhi the when it actually um, delineated how to do this practice of the practice of loving kindness for self and compassion for self and, and equanimity and appreciative joy. That is this practice of Turning towards ourselves with gentleness and kindness. You know, when we say all beings, we don't just mean everybody else. We have to treat ourselves. We have to practice non-harming with me. Which can, if any of you have done meta for self, it can be really challenging to do that practice for yourself. Really challenging. And another another piece of... um, the Buddhist teaching on loving kindness and the Brahma Viharas, the heart practices, the beautiful qualities, um, is stated many times in the suttas, The 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 traditional way or the classic way we do the the metta practice of, with the categories of people that that comes later in the Vasudi the buddha talked about it he said we sit imbued with a with a mind and i like to think of a heart mind chitta maybe i have to look up the word in pali we sit with a mind imbued with loving kindness imbued with compassion imbued with appreciative joy imbued with equanimity and in fact i have uh, a quote from one of the suttas and it says we sit i will abide pervading one quarter uh, with a mind imbued with as they said loving kindness and then the other brahmaviharas. so above below around and everywhere and to all as to myself I will abide with the the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with loving-kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. That's the teaching of the Buddha, that we greet the world without hostility and without ill will, including ourselves. There's another sutta that I love, the Rajan sutta, where... Um, king Pasanadi is, is, and his wife are talking and they, they ask each other what do you find most dear in this world and the queen says I, I find myself most dear and the king later went to the Buddha that eve- afternoon and told him of the conversation and the Buddha said yep that's it just as we are dear to ourselves we understand that all beings are dear to themselves and we treat them thusly and so we have to, so over and over again, we're told to hold ourselves dear. So if that's a challenge, that's part of our practice. That's part of our practice. And the more we can have compassion for ourselves, the more we can have compassion for others. It, there's a neuroscience has shown that when we practice mindfulness, it actually. Um, triggers those parts of the brain that are empathetic and compassionate so it has a, has a scientific um, under, underpinning or underlying um, factors that kind of say yeah this is true this is true so the Buddha was on to something so I love that Martin Luther King said that too mindfulness compassion kindness you know letting go of those old ideas He also said it's accepting yourself, however you are. Letting go of those ideas of should. You know, I I love asking the question, thinking all of us in this little Zoom room, do we all think we should be further along than we are now? Oftentimes the answer is, yeah, I should be. And you know what? You are right where you are. Right now it's like this. It can't be different. Perhaps we could have made different choices perhaps my delusion caused me to to have my hurt spill out on others a lot of my when I was in my delusion and not mindful at all I caused a lot of harm caused a lot of harm to other people caused a lot of harm to myself and um if I had been more aware hopefully I would not have caused that harm and I have moved and hopefully now moving in a way where I don't cause harm. So that I can regret it and whine over it and feel, you know, great shame and remorse. Or I could go, that's what happened and I'm not on that path anymore. If the, if the sadness or the shame or the regret comes up, hold it with tenderness, hold it with kindness, be with those feelings. But don't wallow. No, just be who you are in this moment. and then this this outward concern that King talks about, he says, "I move on and say that it's necessary to add breath to length. The breadth of life is outward concern for the welfare of others, as I said, and a man has not begun to live until he can rise above the narrow confines of his own individual concerns." To the broader concerns of humanity, you know, and the Buddha t- talked about that as well. In traditional um, Buddhist communities and cultures, sila, ethical behavior, and generosity, are taught before mindfulness. This this learning how to be in community with others, not causing harm cultivating compassion generosity not necessarily financial or stuff but generosity of time generosity of spirit giving a person an ear when they're troubled and you just have some time to listen how are you generous with others that is concern getting rid of the i need mine and if i don't have mine if you get yours then there's not enough for me this is where the practice of mudita Appreciative joy comes in because we're happy for the wholesome good fortune of others, which is also can be a challenging practice because we come from this play, this this culture of grasping more, 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 holding on, you know, greed, consumer, 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 you know. There's not enough to go around. I know Pema Chodron talks about lack as generosity is really a challenge because we have this culture of the lack instead of just recognizing you know we just give because we are all connected we are absolutely all connected you know some i think this is a king quote somewhere along the way we must learn that there is nothing greater than to do something for others generosity is the antidote to clinging and to cling is to suffer and that when we cling is why we're stuck here is why we keep doing the same thing over and over again because we're stuck on these ideas of it should be this way instead of opening up releasing and just being with right now what is king said he wanted his eulogy to be two sent one sentence two sentences well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. You've been concerned about others. That's nice. He said that's what he wanted it to be. Somebody said, you know what? He, was, he cared. He cared. And boy, we sure can say that. He cared a lot. He cared about injustice. He cared about poverty. He cared about war. He and Thich Nhat Hanh were friends. I think he, he nominated Thich Nhat Hanh for um, the Nobel Peace Prize and um there's a there's another a long passage in this article I read which is fairly i think well known where it very it reminds me a lot of Thich Nhat hans talking about you know when you sit down to eat a meal recognizing that there were a lot of hands that that food had to go through to get to your table to get to your plate um, the farmer, the trucker, the person in the supermarket or the restaurant or wherever, whoever prepared it, that we are dependent. We are interdependent. We are, as Thich Nhat Hanh calls it, interbeing. And, and King talked about when you get up in the morning, before you even sit down, if you take a shower, you know, where did the soap come from? Where did the sponge come from? Um, you drink your coffee... Where did the coffee come from? South America, you know, eating your bread. Who buttered the, who, who was the baker? Where did the, where did the grain come from? We are so interdependent, but we have this idea of, especially in this country, individual, rugged individualism. We do it all on our own. And that's, that's such a myth. I had this real insight of a few weeks ago, I'm sitting in this house, Thinking, oh, I'm we're good, my husband and I, dee da. It's like, and then the realization of like if I was left to my own devices, I'd be out there on the street. I couldn't build a house, I couldn't grow food, I couldn't do all these things that I'm so dependent on. I live in an urban environment. I and I grew up in a very I grew up in New York City. That's really urban. I didn't learn how to drive until my twenties, so you know um that dependence on other people but we we ignore it and we have to begin to acknowledge how important it is that you know the buddha had people live in community um what is it what was the one conversation he had with ananda about friendship is the whole of the spiritual life we're in community with others this, this being in community with others is so important. This this quality of interbeing and recognizing we are so connected to one another. It's so important. And then the third dimension, King talks about this reach for God, but it, for me it's this idea of, of this continued journey toward awakening, toward liberation, towards freedom, um... You know, or towards becoming a bodhisattva. A bodhisattva is one who is um, um, foregoes their enlightenment um, until all beings are saved. Again, it's that that support of all beings. It's that person who is just in the trenches, doing whatever they're doing. You know, just being of service. Um, so. this continuity of practice this recognition that we're probably not done i'm not done i'm not dead i'm not done so i'm going to continue the the study the practice and the the spiritual growth i hope continuing along this spiritual path because the longer we study i mean there's a finite amount of teachings, although it seems infinite because there's gazillions of suttas, but they're finite. And the teachings are pretty core. They're just kind of um, um, reinterpreted in different ways, in different suttas for different um, ears to hear. But it's really basically like Bhikkhu Annalio said the sum of the Buddhist teachings can be um, summarized in five letters. L-E-T-G-O. So this is a journey of letting go. This is a continual path to just let go, let go, let go, let go. Of everything. Of my best thinking, let go. Of my great ideas, let go. Of fears, just let go and be. Greeting each moment with gentleness, with kindness. Greeting each person recognizing when i'm stuck or when we're stuck in that story and creating the the false separation of i and me and mine us and them othering can you let go of that that's what this spiritual journey is all about this journey to release letting go um And recognizing that we don't have to be, you know, saints or grandiose or anything. Just do what you can with what you have, where you are in the time you have. I've heard that sentiment expressed in many, many, many places. But just do what you can with what you have, where you are in the time you have. So um, I'm just just really tickled because when um, years and years and years ago I was so... Um, dismissive of people who had a spiritual path, of people who were not who who had any kind of belief system that was not appealing to me, and um, now I'm grateful that I can see this this um, beautiful uh, interconnectivity of so many faith traditions that really are working in this this direction and working towards um, the good of all beings, that working for uh, the health of all. Really beautiful. Um, really grateful for that. And uh, glad I was so inspired by my uh, Muslim, Jewish, and Christian siblings. So those are my, those are my thoughts. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you for your kind uh, attention. Uh, and thank you so much for being here.